Okay, so um, do you want to maybe give us a little background on yourself and maybe a little background on the book? Yeah. Um, my background is originally a um, professional dancer, very hard way to make a living, and uh, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> so I uh, went to work behind the scenes and through a series of uh, sort of right time, right place, which is sort of covered in the book. Um, I eventually ended up at, at Warner Brothers, but I worked in the TV and the uh, film divisions and missed the music. So I... Uh, <clears throat> had a friend of human resources at Warner Records, which is where I wanted to be, and uh, told her to keep an eye out if there was a division that needed someone, um, preferably something that was young as far as growth, because Warner Brothers people didn't leave. And um, so through a set of circumstances and, and uh, a great rapport with uh, Tom Draper, who was running the black music division at that point, initially I was hired as his PA, and uh, uh, as the department grew and what have you, I was offered uh, chances to grow as well because that's really the way Warner Brothers always worked, uh, that there were a lot of opportunities from within. And as far as then, uh, I mean, worked with a lot of really terrific artists because the Black Music Division at Warner Brothers was blessed with a phenomenal uh, repertoire. And um, through just a set of circumstances, I was never officially um, assigned to Prince, but he and I sort of hit it off from the beginning. And so I just got more and more involved with everything Prince, along with all my other stuff, and became close with the people at Paisley Park. And so through the years, there were just a number of encounters and, and situations either with Prince directly and or the Paisley people. And um, the reason for the book, because uh, obviously there are a lot of books out there with more coming, I had no intention of writing one, but a, a very close friend of mine at Warner Brothers kept insisting because he said, you have so many great stories that people haven't heard. So initially, I started writing with the idea of it being a prosthetic experience for me um, as a way to deal with his death. And as it started coming together, I realized that there were a lot of really fun stories, interesting stories, uh, and show a side of him that most people uh, might not even be aware existed. Um, he's an extremely funny guy, loved to pull pranks. But only if he knew you. Um, you know, in a room, I'd say five, about five people maximum, he was very comfortable, and uh, the jokes would fly. And uh, he also thought himself very funny, and, uh, which he was, um, and did a lot of charitable work that is only just starting to come out now because he was very adamant that you never talk about it. And I admired that in him because many celebrities – seemingly use their charity work as a, as a publicity device, and he wanted no one to know what it was he was doing at any given time. And uh, that as well as he cared about people, and certainly he had that really strong side that you hear about, but um, he cared about people. Um, and some of the stories show that. Uh, and, and so it's really it's a book where I'm really honoring him um, because he meant, well, he meant a huge amount to many, 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 many people. And 
those of us who are close to him or worked with him or what have you, um, we've all just tried to find our own way to uh, deal with his, his passing. Right, right. And I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to the last podcast I did with Dwayne Tudal, who's doing a book on the Purple Rain era studio sessions. Um, but I talked to Dwayne and I said, how, I expressed how grateful I was to people like Dwayne and, and Afshin and Steve Park, who have been doing these these books about prints, and of course, Steve and Afshin are photographers, so their books are heavy with images, where Dwayne is more focused on the writing. But um, I, I expressed to Dwayne how grateful I was for people coming forward, coming out and writing these books about Prince, and like you said, showing a side of him that not many people have seen or know about, and it's very, very appreciated by myself, and I would speak for the entire fan community, if I may be so bold, to say that we all appreciate uh, these stories coming out about Prince and about the lesser-known uh, side of him that people may not have known about previously, and so we're very grateful for these types of books because as sad as it is, you know, that's all we have to hold on to now are the memories. So your book is a great example of that. And uh, I love how the book is constructed. Um, you basically take, well, it's like the title says, moments, moments uh, of interacting with Prince and other Paisley people, and it's very easy to read. The book has a very good flow, and it's a very enjoyable read. I found myself laughing quite a bit at the different <laughs> things I was reading, and I wasn't sure how to how to talk about the book with without giving away some of the moments. But I'll I'll try not I'll try my best not to do that for people that are going to pick out pick up the book and it's going to come out in December is that right December 14th that's the, that, that is the plan now first of all uh, Chris I do appreciate what you said because there is naturally um, a certain uh, portion of people who who look at the whole idea of all these books coming as people jumping on a bandwagon and trying to make money and um, I can understand how they f might feel that way. Um, I have both Steve Park's book and um, and I can't pronounce his name and I don't want to I don't want to uh, wreck it. Uh, the other photographer, I have his book as well, and they're both brilliant. Uh, they're wonderful books and and books that you know any fan would be happy to own. And um, I'm looking forward to Dwayne's because he attacks it from a very different way. And of course, Dwayne has been working on his book for many 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 years, um, but. You know, in my case, it was only because someone really pushed me to do it, and uh, self-publishing is certainly an interesting route. Um, there's basically no money in it, but that's not why I'm doing it. Um, I could have gone, could have possibly found a publisher. That would have delayed it at least a year. 
and I wasn't, uh, you know, it's in many ways, uh, Prince and I were a lot alike in many ways. One of them is the impatience when you want to get something out there, as well as when you self-publish, you have total creative, creative control, and I know he would appreciate that. Um, part of that, that adventure is some dates are somewhat fluid. My hope and my plan is December 14th. Uh, the book proof is on its way to me right now, and fingers crossed, um, if there's changes, they'll be very minimal. And if that's the case, I can make the December 14th. And I guess the key thing for, for interested readers is that it may not be available at their local outlet on the 14th, because I am, I'm going through Ingram Distributors, which is the biggest distributor in the world outside of Amazon, and they, in fact, you know, sell to Amazon and book bands and Noble and everywhere else. So it will get out there. It just may take a little bit of time. Um, I will continue to do updates on my Facebook page. So anyone who goes to Moments Remembering Prince in Facebook uh, and just like it, then I'll, I'll be doing constant updates and as, as uh, places are added. Um, but uh, after thinking about it a lot, I decided that this was the best way for me to go. So initially, it'll be a hardback and a trade paperback, and there'll be an e-book next year. So that's the plan at this point. Okay, okay, that sounds that sounds good. So it will eventually be available via Amazon, then hopefully. I think it will be because I'd like to think based on even just the early response I've gotten from, um, you know, I have sent it out to some of the guys in the band and, and um, you know, a few other uh, people. It has been universally very, very uh, gratifying. And um, so I'm sure they will. Um, it's just, you know, it may not be till January. I just, I don't know quite how the system works. I, if I had gone through, interestingly, if I had gone through Amazon directly, which was my first uh, wish, I would have had to price the book quite a bit higher, interestingly, because their costs are higher. Um, the problem I've run into is that, as you would have noted, there are many, many pictures, and they're basically all in color. So when you do color printing, <laughs> makes a big difference on cost, but I just could not put those photographs in in black and white. It just, it, you know, wouldn't work, and I think you would agree having seen the book. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, I would agree. The, the, the photos in the book are very, very nice. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I would agree that black and white wouldn't quite do them justice, definitely. No. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those are, the, those are the decisions you make. It means that, it, you know, it, it costs more to print, so be it. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's ending up with something that I'm proud of um, that, that puts across what my memories are, and hopefully uh, people will enjoy that. Right, right. And uh, the, the memory that, that struck me the most this will probably be the only one—the only one that I'll—I'll I'll discuss because, like I said, I want to keep it uh, fresh for people who are going to be picking up the book for the first time and reading it after December. Um, the memory that stuck out to me was the letter that he wrote for the Make-A-Wish patient, 
that was a tremendous, tremendous story. Uh, can you give some background on that? I think you said you initially wanted to approach Prince to maybe uh, what, autograph what a picture for the girl. Yeah. Well, what happened was, you know, inevitably with any major artist, they're inundated with requests. And most requests for Prince would have gone directly to Minneapolis. I fielded a few here and there. And just about in all cases, I would say sorry, but, you know, because I, I just knew that they weren't going to be appropriate for him. I got a request from Make-A-Wish Foundation. There was this young lady. She was probably 13 or 14, and she was in hospital, and she was, um, you know, uh, didn't have too long to live. She was an avid Prince fan. And she played, they played Prince music for her in her room 24-7. And she mostly was sort of in and out of a coma without her eyes weren't open, whatever. So the request came in that they wanted Prince to visit her in hospital. And I knew that that wouldn't work for several reasons. And so I went back to them and I said, look, he's on tour. Um, it's just not going to work timing-wise, et cetera. But if I could get him to, you know, sign an autograph, because he didn't sign autographs very often, um, would, that, would that be okay? And they said, oh, that would be wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. I said, the one caveat is that you can't talk about it. You can't use it as a, you know, promotional thing or what have you because he's very private about these things. Following, no problem. So I went to him. And I explained the situation, and, you know, could I have an autographed picture? Leave it with me. So a couple, three days, I get a, a sealed, large sealed personal and confidential envelope at work in Burbank, and inside is this very thick envelope, and it's not sealed. And so I, at this point, I don't even know what it is. And I open it up, and it's about, it's got to be five pages, four or five, six pages of a handwritten note from Prince to this girl, and basically, I understand you're not too well, and I wish I could come visit, but I'm on tour, and I think, you know, I'm so happy you love my music, and, you know, he went on and on and on, and I was shocked, because, I mean, it took him a lot of time to sit down and handwrite this, so I made arrangements to get the letter to uh, the uh, Make-A-Wish people, and I got a call a few days later that it had been delivered, and the mother read it to the girl. And what happened, apparently, was that the girl's tears started streaming out of her eyes. She opened her eyes, which she hadn't done in who knows how long. And she died about an hour later with a smile on her face. Now, I, what more could you ever ask for? Um, it was, It was a... To some, might seem a small gesture, but knowing how busy he is and what have you, um, it was a major gesture. And obviously, to this girl, it you know it allowed her to let go peacefully. Right, right, right. And when I when I read when I read that memory that you had shared, uh, I got quite emotional. I. I nearly teared up, and I I try I try to be strong these days. But uh, a memory like that and a gesture like that is something really incredible, and it really it really lets you know what kind of person 
Prince really was deep down. Um, and it's moments like it's moments like that one, and, and really all the others. All the others are great too. I mean, there there's some great, uh, funny comedic moments in the in the book as well. But I definitely wanted to call attention to the more uh, heartfelt, really human uh, element of Prince that not a lot of us got to see, you know, in his lifetime. And like you say, all these details are just now coming out about his philanthropic efforts. Yeah. And it's just great to see what a tremendous human being Prince was as well. Yeah, um, you know, there's been a lot written about him and, and um, through the years. And... I think, you know, when a person doesn't talk about the things that they do, people make assumptions that aren't correct. I mean, I look at what he did for Missy Copeland, and, and I mean, you know, you, you could go down the list of artists who, you know, he quietly funded or, or almost funded that documentary on Missy. I mean, yeah, so whenever he sees something or whenever he saw something um, that, that, that resonated with him, he did something about it. Um, and, right. and you, you have to really respect that. Um, I mean, I didn't ever speak of this particular incident until I think there was only one, maybe two people in my life that knew about that incident because I, you know, I honored uh, my relationship with him and the fact that, that the, one of the reasons we got on was that he knew he could trust me. Um, and because I could have, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great story and, you know, like, oh, you won't believe what he did and da, 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 da. And, and so uh, other people are coming forward now, too, about how he's helped uh, underprivileged schools. And, and, you know, the list just goes on and on. And, and we will continue to find out things. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, and those are the things I, th I think it's important people know about. Right, right. Very important. And you, I understand you got to see him in concert in Australia in 2003? That's correct. Um, that's correct. He was down here. Uh, he was actually testing out a uh, tour. Well, testing. I mean, you know, just sort of bringing it down here first before he did the U.S. and what have you. So he actually did uh, Brisbane, which is the area I live in. Uh, that was his, his opening. So um, I had gotten a call a week or two before that, did I want to go? Um, I'm like, duh, let me think about it, two seconds, okay. And um, I was given four tickets, so it was it was lovely because I was able to bring along three friends, uh, local people who had never seen them in a show before. So um, they were absolutely stunned at how great the show was. Um, so, yeah, and I spoke to them very briefly the next morning, and I won't give that away because that was just another one of those funny little Prince moments that only Prince can do. <laughs> right, right. He wasn't a man of a lot of words, let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Well, the one, my, my life's dream was always to sit down and have a conversation with Prince about, about all kinds of things, about God, about music, about uh, inspiration, perseverance, and all these, all these things, and and the more I think about it, the more I think that the 
actual interaction that we did have, which was a brief, silent interaction and an exchange of smiles, was more fitting than anything that anything else that could have happened. Um, because, like you say, he's a man of few words. And at the time, you know, he was sitting right in front of me, maybe less than, or standing right in front of me, maybe less than two feet away, offering me an instrument to play. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, wow, I have cerebral palsy and my hands don't work the best, so what if I look like an idiot trying to play this thing in front of Prince? And I wanted to say something, but there were there was somebody else performing on stage and the music was quite loud, so I didn't want to really yell over the music at Prince. So basically all I could do was sit there and smile and let him know that I appreciated the acknowledgement more than anything ever in my life. So that was a special moment that Prince and I shared. And like you say, he was a man of few words. So yeah, and yet, uh, and, yet and yet, Chris, yeah. there were times where you couldn't shut him up. Um, it, it, it it would depend on a number of, of factors. I mean, a if if he had he pretty much had to be in a room of five or less people, and preferably all the, those the people that he knows. So then he's in a very right. comfortable environment and then he can just rattle on like the best of them and one-on-one absolutely and you know uh, uh, we would get in-depth conversations about politics and and this and that and the other I mean he's very well read very you know he, he was very cluey on what was going on in the world and um, so there were times where yes or, or certainly in in especially later years with the Jehovah's Witness and I never encountered this because this was after my time with him um, I know that he could get into very lengthy and passionate discussions um, about that. So, uh, you know, depending on the subject and if he feels comfortable with you, you know, and I mean, I think that's the case with anyone who's shy. Um, they have to feel comfortable in the, well, I think that's the case for most of us, isn't it? Uh, that, that you can always talk more freely if you feel comfortable with the person you're talking to. Right, right, exactly. Right. So nowadays you're you're in Australia. You've been in Australia since 2001. That's correct. When I left, uh, I left Warner Brothers when the Time Warner AOL merger happened. Um, a, a number of us left at that time, and um, I had the opportunity to stay in LA. To, to I had some office from management companies and what have you, but I was burned out. It was a point at which the uh, music industry was changing dramatically because it was really, you know, going to the uh, whole streaming, you know, internet thing. And I decided I had the opportunity because I had some friends here to come, and I didn't know if I would stay or what have you. And I sort of made a new life. I do um, graphic design and um, photography, which I've always been into. It's allowed me more time to to do that. So yeah. Um, it's, a, it's definitely a lifestyle change, but uh, something that I think I just sort of needed to do. Yeah. Australia, 
Australia is really such a beautiful place. I mean, I've never, I've never been. It's difficult for me to travel being in a wheelchair and all the extra equipment I need just to do sure. daily things that most people take for granted. But um, sure. I have a lot of friends in Australia and uh, beautiful place. And a lot of them are musicians. And I know there's quite a fan base for Prince in Australia as well. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a podcast that I follow that actually inspired my own podcast called the Peach and Black Podcast, and those guys that do that are from Australia, and I know they're super hardcore fans, so it's nice to see that Prince's, Prince's uh, influence still stretches far and, wi- far and wide yeah. all over the world, yeah. even to a place as beautiful as Australia. Well, it's def- I mean, his, his, his fan base is definitely, definitely worldwide, no doubt about that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yep. Let's see, what else could we talk about? Um, well, I mean, we could talk about, uh, I guess, um, you know, the, some of the tours and, and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, uh, uh you know, I had the opportunity oh, yeah. to go you, out. Uh, you started. You started. Was it was it on the Prince tour in '79, or was it after that? Was it Purple Rain? Um, well, I started working with Prince. Really, I mean, I met him when we signed him. Um, I was never officially assigned to him because the record company has uh, something called product managers. And that's a department in of itself, which those people have a, a roster of artists, and they're usually the ones that, that deal normally with the artist management, not so much directly with the artist, except at times. And it's just so even though I wasn't assigned to him um, officially, he and I just sort of struck it, uh, struck it. You know, we we had similar ideas about things, which I guess in some ways is scary, but uh, uh, I guess because you know I had a creative background myself, so, um, yeah. So then you, you, you talk about the, the Purple Rain tour, and that was, that was just insane. I mean, that's where everything totally blew up, blew up with Prince and the fandom and everything, and you talk about those opening chords of Let's Go Crazy and how the audience just went absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, they did. So that was that was quite a tour to be a part of as well. Yeah, I I didn't go out much on that tour mainly because it was so crazy, and it was one of those things where whenever something is big, successful, huge, everybody wants to be part of it. And so, you know, certainly I went to the show a few times or what have you, but I, I stayed, I pretty much stayed away from backstage because uh, it was just, it was an absolute zoo. What I did do was when he went out on the Love Sexy tour, which wasn't the same excitement level because, you know, suddenly a lot of these people that had been out on the Purple Rain tour have sort of like disappeared into who knows where. Um, and so I made a point to be out there um, a fair bit on that tour just to, you know, 
as a friendly face, letting her know that there was, you know, a representative from the record company there and all that sort of thing. Um, and I know that um, he appreciated it, the band appreciated it, because uh, it was a different... And yet, I mean, that was an incredible tour. It was a wonderful show. Never got tired of seeing it. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, um, I find sometimes it's best to give to support when some of the other people have sort of gone the other way, uh, just to let them know that, you know, because I know that in general, um, artists always appreciate someone from the record label being there, whether it's a local promotion person or what have you. It's just they, might, they like to know that, that they're being supported. So, you know, that a lot of that right. is Exactly. And Love Sexy was, a, was an interesting time because it was a very, very spiritual album with a very controversial album cover and artwork. And I think stateside, I don't think it was as well received as as maybe Prince's previous work was. But I know overseas, um, Love Sexy, and especially the tour, was very, very well beloved. Uh, it was in the round, so you could be able to see him from wherever wherever you were at in the audience. And it was just a great a great tour and, and great songs to uh, to tour with. You had the light side and the dark side and the whole concept of the battle between good and evil. So it was a very dynamic dynamic concept for an album and a tour and very, very cool that you were able to be a part of that. I know you've got a I, the book. I love that, it. What's that? No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. I know... Well, I was just going to say, I know in the book you've got several uh, several pictures of a Love Sexy tour book that that's quite uh, quite amazing, really. And, and like you say, you were there to support the band, and they all appreciated it. And and people will be able to see that when they pick up the book. But it's just extraordinary, an extraordinary time and. Prince's career, like I say, maybe better better received overseas than stateside, but a tremendous album and a tremendous period to be a part of. And in the book, there are all these moments that I I just I read about, and I think you were you were there for a lot of the for a lot of the key albums and the key eras, especially the Warner Brothers. Uh, eras, but you were there for a lot of really cool stuff, and people will be able to see that when they pick up the book. I I um I was very very fortunate, very fortunate. Yes, like I say, I don't want to give I don't want to give away too much of the book. Um, no, I appreciate that because it yeah because I mean they are moments, so some of them are just little quick things and and. Uh, you know, others are, are 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 a bit more you know complicated. I mean, the whole the whole uh, adventure in Sheridan, Wyoming, for the uh, uh, preview, uh, uh, sorry, premiere of Under the Cherry Moon. I mean, that was that was three days of absolute hilarity. Uh, yeah, I mean that that I whole like section. Yeah. <laughs> that whole section was tremendous. I mean, I was 
smiling from ear to ear in that whole section. And I actually, I actually lived in Montana, in western Montana for, uh, or was it east, western, western Montana for the better part of a decade. Actually, it was 11 years all told. So I've, I've passed through Sheridan maybe three or four times on my way to and from Montana over the years. And it's just gotcha. strange and surreal to believe that a Prince concert would be held in that area of the country. And <laughs> and the way it's described in the book, it's almost like uh, stepping onto another planet, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, that's why, that's very, why, very that's funny stories and... That's why the title of the first chapter of the Sheridan thing was "Have I Fallen Down a Rabbit Hole?" Because that's that's really how I felt. Um, it, yeah, you know, I'm like, have gone. I have gone to an alternate universe here. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, it just it always seemed like whenever. You did something with the Paisley folks. It was some sort of adventure, crazy adventure that uh, ended up. You always had fun. I mean, you worked your butt off, uh, no question about that, because this is just the nature of how things were. But uh, at the same time, it also, uh, gosh, a lot of a lot of wonderful memories and you know, friends for life. Yeah, I noticed you have. In the acknowledgments of the book, you you mentioned quite a few people, um, some of whom have, have passed on, and I thought that was really very touching and very kind of you to mention those people that have impacted your life, and I'm I'm sure they've they've come back into your mind now that Prince himself has passed, and but I, I found it very touching and very appropriate that you wanted to thank those people as well. So well, it really touched my heart to that. see that. Thanks. I appreciate that. But those were people, and, and that's why I even put in things that would mean something to them and to me, but to no one else. But it shows, because what happened with the book, um, you know, after my friend talked me into putting pen to paper, and as I said uh, to you earlier, I, I initially meant it to be simply a cathartic exercise for myself. And then as it sort of grew and, and, and became its own thing, then I realized that, that I wanted other people to have a chance to, you know, share the stories. But originally my plan had been that the book would end with his passing, which would seem the natural ending. But then I realized that there was a whole other reason to be doing the book, and that's what created the final chapter, which is Moments Remembering Friends because the book is Moments Remembering Prince, but you start to realize, as, as, as I was reflecting back, and, and everyone would have those experiences of reflecting back to certain things with people, that we lose touch. We lose, you know, life gets in the way. And, you know, you move on, and then suddenly I found myself thinking about people and about incidents and what have you, whether it was Annie at the Duck Hotel where we, you know, at the PVD Hotel in Memphis watching the ducks go back and forth and we're sitting in the bar drinking and, you know, laughing our head off. Um, you know, those moments that, that stay with you and how important it is to, whenever possible, reconnect with those people. And, and, and the one thing that his passing did do, the one good thing, 
was that it reconnected a lot of us within the Paisley family um, because we all had a need to talk to one another um, just as a way to try to process what had happened. And it, so it was reconnecting with people that meant so much to me um, in the past. And it was really quite wonderful to, you know, hear voices and to start chit-chatting by email. And I've shared this book with a few of them um, and, and just to get feedback and what have you. So um, there is a sort of a moral to the story that we, we ha all have sort of this thought that everyone's just going to be there forever, um, and I'll right. bring them next week. I'll you get together with them next year or what have you, and then suddenly they're gone. Um, so, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of, you know, that all sort of came to me as I was getting towards the end of the book, and that's when I realized I needed to, end, to, to add that last chapter and make some of those comments because those people really impacted my life. Uh, tremendously right right it's it's interesting it's interesting to think about like I mentioned to Dwayne when we did our podcast uh, it's so strange how such an independent person uh, can bring together so many people uh, underneath you know the umbrella of Paisley people and not only the fans, but as you've proven with this book, his employees as well. And it really does feel like a sort of family, a family unit. Um, and it's amazing to me how, how a person that was so uh, independent and so individual could bring together all these people from all kinds of different backgrounds and walks of life and it's just it's just amazing to think about, and it really is, like I say, it really is a family. So reading that last chapter, I was reminded of that, and uh, yeah, it, I really it's appreciate. It's an interesting yeah, thing I, because I really appreciate um, that about Prince. We 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 meaning and I I, I kind of like an extended Paisley family. I mean, I never worked for him, but I, I, you know they they've allowed me to be on. They have a closed Facebook page where they all stay in contact, and I'm on that page and what have you. But um, we've often spoken um, different you know different ones of the one on one where we said, isn't it an interesting thing the people that he has brought together. Um, and, and this unit of people, uh, all very diverse, uh, all talented in their own rights. Um, so it, it is, uh, you know, maybe he was, the, he was the perfect band master on many levels. Um, you know, the, 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 the conductor, if you will. Um, and certainly, uh, it's, and, and the PRN people have remained very close. They had a reunion um, oh, a few months after he passed, just, you know, in Minneapolis as a way to, to, you know, again, to process it. And they have actually, I don't know if you've heard about the PRN Foundation, but yeah. they actually are, are continuing a lot of his, his work, um, which is, is tremendous. But, but what is that? That, that speaks volumes 
that speaks volumes because we're just talking individual people. It's not like, you know, a Warner Brothers, which, which you know, will continue the work of whatever because it's a big company and it's easy to do. But these are all, you know, individual uh, folks that, that um, you know, work together or what have toured together, whatever the circumstances are, and they continue to do good work. A lot to be said yes. about. Yes, it's very, very important work, and it's very, like you say, it's a testament to the kind of person and the kind of band leader that Fritz was to bring these people together and to inspire them to to continue his work. It's such a great thing. Yeah. So I really, yeah, that's, I, I really appreciate I that. Surprised. I was actually surprised by that. And I shouldn't have been, knowing the caliber of the people, but um, it's a huge commitment, and uh, they carry on. I think that's wonderful. In any event, I don't know, do you have any other questions? Because I know it's it's sort of like I don't want to give away the book, but... (laughs) Wait, I mean, mean, the book was so good. I mean, the whole... The whole Sheridan chapter, and I'll I'll cut this out of the podcast. But the whole the whole Sheridan chapter, you know about about going to the ranch and the 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 chairs were, you know, had saddles on Saddle, the seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just little little details like that that are really really nice and really really pleasant and fun to read. Uh, did you love the purple? Did you love the purple Cadillac that came out of nowhere? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I, I I couldn't believe that. I mean, just a, a beautiful, beautiful I car. I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I'm like, did the guy rent it? Or I never did find out. Um, I think I was just so stunned um, just by that whole episode because the whole episode is it, it, our stomachs hurt from laughing. We were laughing so hard by the time, and then we're on this little putt-putt of an airplane being served five M&Ms each, and we just, we're just breaking out laughing. Now, we'd already had a couple of drinks at the ranch, so we were, you know, feeling good, and, and the so-called flight attendant looking at us really strange, and then, of course, so we miss our plane in, in Denver, and so I was like, to the bar, because there was nothing else to do. And so it's amazing we even made our, our connections, because we were all pretty gone by then. And, I mean, we just laughed. Uh, my, my stomach hurt for days after that, because that's all you could do. It would, you know, no one could have, if you had written that, if you had made that a TV show, you'd be like, oh, come on. You've got to be joking. But right. what, happened? Right. what happened? So, yeah. I mean, uh, life is stranger than fiction or something like that. <laughs> right. You know, and the part where you talk about Graceland, it got me curious, too, because, of course, now, as you, as you probably know, Graceland is playing a big part in operating Paisley Park as a museum. Um, and as far as I understand, it was Prince's... It was Prince's wish to to turn Paisley Park into a museum in his later years, but reading reading his reaction to the the goings on at Graceland, it made me think, you know, maybe did he did he change his mind? Did he really want 
Paisley Park to be a museum, or did he, you know? I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Well, I think that, that first of all, um, whatever Graceland is or isn't, and that, of course, they've got all these souvenir shops around, and that, that's where all the silliness happened. But um, the impression I get, at least at this point, and I, I, it's an area that I, I can't and don't really want to speak on, but... I'd like to think that whatever items that they make available and what have you will be done with some thought and um, sensitivity. Uh, right. You know, the, but then, see, Elvis was, you can't, they're so different. They're artists, you know, as artists, they're so different because, you know, I mean, Elvis was always very flashy and you could say to me, well, wait a minute, so was, was Prince, but, it's hard to explain other than to say, in my mind, they're different as, there's a term in Australia called uh, different as chalk and cheese. So when you think about chalk and cheese, it's like so different. Yeah, so um, in my mind, they're different as chalk and cheese. Uh, you know, others may disagree with me, but that's, you know. Um, so certainly from what I've seen, uh, pictures from the um, exhibition in London and what have you. It, that looks, it looks that it's been done with a great deal of taste. Um, you know, you're, you're always, there's always a concern. I mean, the big concern here is because there wasn't a will, um, I would have been honestly surprised if there had been. Um, and you've got family members who in inevitably fight because that's what families do when somebody dies, especially when that somebody had money and position and what have you. And then you've got uh, the lawyers, the, the estate. The, you know, it just, it, it, it's not a pretty picture. Um, and that's just the nature of what happens when somebody passes, and especially when that person doesn't have a will. Um, right. So, you, know, right. you, you just have to you have to hope, and the jury is out at this point. But you have to hope that that certainly Tyka, because I would assume she'd be taking sort of a lead position on it, um, will continue and 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 be very sensitive to who her brother was. And um, you know, one can only hope. Uh, I have every belief that she will. Um, I, I've met her once or twice. I don't know her, um, so the time will tell. Right. Um. So you have a you have a photography business now, right? Photography and graphic design. What I do now is the photography is for the love of it, um, and. I do, uh, a lot of my images are available on clothing and things like that, but I mainly do it because I love photography. Um, I'm doing graphic design. I'm, I'm an approved designer for the Australasia area for a company called Blurb, which is a um, <clears throat> photo book uh, company in America. And so I'm their approved uh, designer here in the Australasia area, so I design family histories and, you know, photo books of all sorts, recipe books, you name it. Clients come to me with a pile of stuff and have me tell me to make a book. <laughs> so that feeds my creative side, which is very important to me. I, I need to have that. And, um, 
you know, beyond that, do some volunteer work and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm quote-unquote retired, but not because I, I can't imagine just sitting around and watching TV. It's just not who I am. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's very, very creative uh, endeavor. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I can't really sit around for too long and, and do nothing. It, it drives my family nuts, but... You know, what can you do, you know? Um, no, and, and I, it's also important to feed that for another reason. It empowers your brain. Um, exactly. It, you need, I mean, they talk about getting out and doing exercise. Of course, I mean, for you, that's, you know, not something you can do. But, you know, they talk about things to help you physically. But you don't often hear them talk about what you need to do mentally. To right. you know, to continue on, um, and I find that you know I play tennis three days a week, so that's sort of my physical thing. And uh, beyond that, I sit at the you know I'm here at the computer and I'm designing and I'm working on my photographs and then now I write a book and so these are all things that feed me um, that are important, very important to me and. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it just it it keeps me energized. I mean, this project has sort of taken me back because um, I haven't, other than, of course, I think about them all the time, like any of us do, but um, this really put me in the middle of it. And I, I, that was another thing. I had concerns at the beginning of how I would feel about doing that. Um, but it's ended up being okay because uh, I've been able to portray a lot of really wonderful things that happened. So it what started out as sort of a sad thing and that's why, as I said, it was it was to a great degree it was to be cathartic for me, um, to help me uh come out the other side, so to speak, because uh you know, his his death uh, affected me deeply. It it affected millions of people um deeply in different ways, depending on uh, where you sort of sat in the in the scheme of things, but uh, it, it you know, but I guess for whatever reasons, his time here was finished, and uh, he gave he gave us a lot. Uh, it's just a shame because I think I I got the sense that more and more he was entering or had entered a mentoring period where he was really, you know, more and more he was he was producing a bit less music but really mentoring younger artists and what have you. And, and, and it's really a shame that we won't have that. Right, right. Right, he did seem to mentor quite a few younger people and, and champion them and champion what they could do and sort of, you know, give them a push to put themselves out there. And it was a really good thing. Yeah, like you say, Yep. It's a shame it wasn't able to go further, but yep. I guess that's life. That's what life is like, you know. It's well, that's one exactly big right. cycle. I mean, so. Yeah, you just um, none of us know what tomorrow is going to bring, and uh, it, it once again underscores as through all of our lives, you know, it's underscored from time to time because you lose someone close to you or someone that meant something to you for whatever reason, and maybe it was way before their time. Um, and, and it makes you realize that, you know, it's the old thing, don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today because, uh, 
you don't know what tomorrow is. None of us do. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm traveling so much because uh, you know, going back to the Arctic for second or third time uh, this, this next year, and you know, I'm looking at other trips as well because um, my thing is nature. That's what I love, and so yeah, I'm looking at doing the Amazon and 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 realizing that that I'm getting older, and some of these trips may be ones I can't do at some point. So shut up and do them while I can. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, it's just you know, and I I always tell people I say, oh, I don't want to spend the money, and I said, look. I understand that. I, you know, we all have to be concerned about, you know, having enough, whatever that is. I mean, nobody knows what enough is. But at the same time, don't put things off because, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it two years from now because all of a sudden you're going to look up and or something will happen where you can't do the trip. I mean, you're perfect, and I don't want to make you an example, but, you know, there are a lot of things you obviously cannot do that other people take for granted. Right. Um, and and so you know, it, it's just it's all stuff that that people just need to think about and just not, you know, really. That's with the remembering friends. I mean, you know, we we may think, well, we don't like to think about things like that, do we? I mean, you know, it's just sort of like, well, we'll just keep on keeping on and what have you. And then all of a sudden, you discover, oh, I can't keep on keeping on. So, um, hmm, better re uh, uh, rethink that one. So. <laughs> But yep. anyway, I don't want to get yep. morbid, but but it just it really goes to living your life, living your life. Yeah, yeah. And we know we know Prince lived every every moment of every day of his life. He had he had tremendous life in him and tremendous energy, tremendous inspiration, tremendous drive, and. Yeah. He's just an inspiration to all of us to, to, you know, like you say, do what we can with our lives while we can. And it's a very good reminder of that, uh, yeah. as is your book, yeah. Moments, Memories of Friends. And I appreciate you talking with me. Well, uh, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for your time. You know, because uh, as I say, it's it's this is what's called uh, street marketing, which is when, when I was in the business, uh, this sort of thing wasn't available. Uh, it was all the big guys, what have you. So it's a very different approach, but but it's one that I quite enjoy because um, this is how you get the word out now. And you know, I I hope my hope with the book is that you know if I can if I can create a few laughs. And some warm feelings towards him, and and that that, that people have learned a bit more that, that than than they knew. Um, I do have sort of a unique perspective because of where I was working and how I interfaced with him. So, uh, you know, um, all of that sort of that was, as I say, the point of of the book to uh, sort of put all that down on paper before it gets lost. So. <laughs> In any event, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you for your time. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, you're you're on my uh, Facebook page anyway, right? The Moments Reemerging Prince, because that'll be continued to be updated on a regular basis of, you know, what's happening and and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I'm I'm keeping that totally up to date uh, as I you know as I go through the uh, printing and distribution uh, aspect of this. Yeah, so all 
all the listeners would need to do would be to go to Facebook and search Moments Remembering Prince and like the page and keep an eye out for updates. Yep, because I will be – and that also gives the link to the website where there's also, you know, just a fun blog of of teasers. But uh, that Facebook page will continue to be updated with who's carrying it as I learn who's carrying it and just other – anything relating to the book. Um, and, uh, so it's a great way to sort of uh, keep up with, with the process. But uh, I appreciate everybody being patient, too, because, as I say, it's a bit different when you self-publish. And as I say, I think our friend Prince would appreciate it because uh, we know how into doing things independently he was. So that was no small part of my decision as well as far as this is the way I want to do it. So uh, anyway... All right, well, I'll leave you be, and um, I'm going to go ahead and get some lunch because it's, uh, it's midday here on a Sunday, so I know you're a Saturday evening. So Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Sure, my pleasure. Take care, Chris. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.